Yeah, I'm afraid of losing moments, of losing the memory or the feeling or the experience I had, a thought that I thought was interesting. And I have that often, you know, I'd have that walking through the streets, get a thought, you know, I want to talk about this tonight. You know, even this thought about wanting to talk about this tonight, I was afraid of losing and now it came back. I didn't really think about it, but I thought about it like that. It came and I thought, you know, I might lose this thought too. And I tried to write it all down to keep it so I can check it again. But how often do you have the time to really go through every single thing you keep? It's it's time consuming. And, it, and once you do that, you let go of the things that you can be absorbing or the things that, that might be coming your way. So I have that part to myself. I have that part that doesn't want to lose a moment. And as a writer, I'll, I'll identify with that because honestly, that's all I want to be and that's all I want to do for since I, I can remember, aside from being an astronaut and a scientist <laughs> and everything else. Yeah, I'm curious to see whether or not, you know, half the shit that I feel like doing or want to do will actually pan out. But let's see. You know, this this is one of the reasons I want to be a writer because I feel like if I do actually save that moment you know save that memory save that experience and i'm able to share it with everyone in a way that's meaningful and can create value then that might let me do everything else that i want to do too so i was in prague two days ago it's the 5th of october right now and i was in prague on the i arrived on the first at night stayed on the second and left at the on the third on nine hour bus ride to hamburg and then I was in Hamburg almost midnight, had a tea with Jan, he had to bring me the keys to the apartment of my friend that I'm staying at. And then um, here I am, you know. So Prague was nice. Prague was a beautiful place. And because of my friend there, Leith, he's, you know, I described him to a few people. Like I always say, this guy is an enigma. And everyone agrees, you know, like he, he he's a tough character. To, he's a character. He's not tough to understand. I really understand him. But it's a rare, rare person to see, to be honest. Uh, he's a lot like me, but I'm just more, you know, all of this, take a ginger shot or do 100 squats a day or, you know, be ambitious and take care of yourself and all of that. He doesn't have, <laughs> he has like a tiny bit of that, but he's just more carefree, more easygoing. I admit he's handsomer and he's really charismatic and really just fun to talk to. Like he's so fun to, he's such a joy to be around. But the thing he does that I notice is that he controls the attention of the group really well somehow. If we're sitting in a group and we're talking, he's the most relaxed person and he'll always argue and he's always quick on his feet when it comes to talking and he's studying medicine right now in Prague. He decides who said something of value or who didn't. You know, we'd all be talking, but the person that he reacts to is the person that gets the microphone and he decides that, I noticed, which is interesting. And <laughs> while while I was chilling with him in Prague because he's a medicine medical student, I've known this guy back from back in Jordan like six years ago. But uh, it's nice because that gave me access basically to his network of friends that study medicine in Prague, and those are the people I was chilling with, medicine students or medical students in that case. And what happened was by the end of my last like I was there for literally two nights you know I, I arrived on one night and we slept and then the second night we went to his friend's place Rashika an Indian um, British Indian 
beautiful girl, honestly. Like she has a beautiful heart, beautiful person. And her roommate. Now let, let me let me step back a bit. When I was taking my plane, when I was on the plane from Jordan to Prague, it hit me this idea of a novel that I want to put together, right? Because like I have I have this idea for Blink Twice. And I think I think it's a bit stupid of me that I never talked about my the ideas of this these books, the beginnings and endings and things going on within them. Uh, because this, at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to ruin the surprise factor for anyone listening. But I don't th- I don't think anyone's going to be listening to these before these these books are out. You know? <laughs> or you know they might be, but. I don't know, I don't think it's such a big deal for me to talk about the books I want to write before writing them. And I like the concepts and the ideas, I'm not really afraid of anyone stealing them because most of the times it's the process of writing itself, you end up creating something so different from what you originally intended to to do. So I had this idea in, in, in the plane, you know, of, of this uh, story I wanted to write and, and these characters that I was beginning to form in my head. And when I landed in Prague, I felt like everything that was happening around me was aligned so that I can get the information I needed to fill in these holes in, in, in the story. And that happened within two days like crazy, you know, just like... Um, <laughs> so... It's a bit private, private information, you know, but... Um, Wow, I really like broke, broke what I wanted to say, broke track or went away from what I wanted to say a little bit. So this book that I want to write, I want to call it How the Smoke Dances. And it's a story about this guy who's full of potential. He's, he's really at it and he's putting all of his energy to be successful. But no matter what he does, he's not, it's not working out for him. But he finds this gorgeous intelligent woman at some point and he breaks down in front of her but while he breaks down he proves to her and he tells her like she sees the potential in him she believes in him and then she starts supporting him she starts going with him to events and being charismatic around around the people that he should be impressing and then they are impressed because he is with a woman like that and through that, he he gets the connections and the networks he needs to actually be successful. But they never end up together. They never end up being together. They never sleep together. They never anything like that. And she's supporting him because he knows she knows that he'll support her if she needs anything, you know, financially once he's successful or anything like that, because he is a solid character. But she admits to him that she can't have babies because she removed her fallopian tubes for whatever reason. And for him, he can't have that. He can't let himself fall in love with a woman that he can't have children with. So he's never with her, but because he's always close to her, he he's always getting with other women. And she's, she sees that and knows that, but she's okay with that. But at the same time, she does love him and he does love her. So by the end of the book, she drugs him. And she sleeps with him. I wouldn't call it rape because it's something that he, the character, wanted to do and wants to do for the longest time. But he just never let himself do that because in his mind, his goals and vision and ideas of what he wants to go through and to, towards, 
he wants to fulfill and with her he can't fulfill that having a kid or being more ambitious he doesn't want to settle he doesn't want to sit down and calm down and there's that part of him the devil in him that won't stop he wants to keep moving and he's drugged and they slept together maybe she took the drugs with him i'll see how i write it or how it ends up being but he tries to escape and he he's into astrology and and like his grandfather is a big part of his life that led him to be the way that he is and he goes to the balcony and he looks up at the stars and he sees a constellation of an eagle that he admires and likes and he identifies with and he reaches out towards it and he moves towards it and flop he falls off the balcony and dies and that's the story now i want to write that within 100 pages 150 pages just short get it out of my system um I want it to be short, strong, and intense. I really focus, really strong focus on character and dialogue because this uh, this woman character, I want her to be very, very powerful, very strong, very intelligent, and him too, and the situations that they're in. And she's basically the smoke. Her name's going to be Lana Jericho, and she's the smoke that dances. That's how the smoke dances. I think that's such a nice name. It took me like a few days to come up with it. First, I thought of uh, of something like downfall because he fell from from the from the from the balcony, or momentum because he's always trying to keep going forward. But those things don't make sense. You know, I don't want it doesn't relate to what this book is. But like you have stories like To Kill a Mockingbird or uh, A Thousand Splendid Sons or the alchemist or like a, a bunch of a bunch of sto- like they they they're vague enough to give you to invite you to want to read them but they're also deliberate enough to give you this this idea of what might be happening and, and that's why i want to go for how the smoke dances i think it's just a nice name now how i came up with these elements like lana jericho when i was in prague i i was chilling with Leith's former roommate and he's a 21 year old called daniel he's israeli and it's fun you know because like i don't care if someone is israeli or not and he doesn't care if i'm palestinian and we got along really well you know i i feel like a lot of israelis and palestinians share a lot of uh, similarities together from uh, how they act or or how they from a cultural perspective really like we how we make our jokes or how we move our bodies and all of that it's just uh, very similar i see but anyways we we went through the city because Leith had to go to university and we went around the city with rashika at the beginning but she had to go to class too and then like we just walked around and we walked so much and we saw everything prague is just gorgeous what i liked mostly about it is the fact that every shop you go to every other shop you go to is a very weird funky shop that has a different purpose like there's this um, museum that we saw that was just things built out of metal like optimus prime from transformers or also bumblebee motorcycles cars old cars or expensive new cars and they're just very very well done structured metal built together and, and that was that was interesting uh there were yeah, you know, I don't really recall specifically what what shops really piqued my interest. Candy shops. Um, there was a sex museum that like just showed old instruments that people used to either masturbate or stop someone from masturbating or to uh, stop someone from having sex. It was a funky place. 
uh, we didn't go inside. Uh, tickets were too expensive for both the the metal museum and the sex museum. But anyways, like that's what I I liked mostly about it. You had a lot of different places that just had a lot of a lot of personality, and the people were generally really nice. So we went to Starbucks at the end of the day. I I don't drink. Uh, I don't usually order from Starbucks. Daniel ordered, and we sat down on a table just to relax her feet for a second and then like this girl next to me that's taller than than I am sat down and I looked at her cup and her cup had the word Lana with a smiley face under it and I looked at Daniel's cup and I saw Danny written with no smiley face and I was like what the fuck I look at her and I'm like how come your cup has a smiley face and his cup doesn't and she looks at him and like she's so witty so quickly and she's like yeah he just has to be nicer to the to the to the waitress and he says yeah but like you're a girl and i'm a i'm a guy uh i should be the one getting the smiley face and like we all laugh and then like we start talking uh that was really cool because her name was lana jericho this girl and she was just at it you know she was so so like it's like someone took a line of cocaine and kept kept (laughs) hitting the gas you know um she t- starts talking about American politics and she's so passionate about it and she's like, this is happening to Trump and this is happening there and that and the elections and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I'm taking acting classes. I'm an English teacher. I'm a tour guide. I'm a this, I'm a that. Turns out she's 31 and she's dating a 21-year-old dude that she met in a gay bar when he was 18. But at the time she had a boyfriend and, and she thought that she she started dancing with a guy that she thought was gay and then he suddenly kissed her and then lied about his age instead of saying he was 18 he said he was 20 and then they became friends afterwards and then after a while they got together so now she's 31 she's dating a 21 year old and when she was telling me this story i was like dude i really want to meet your boyfriend (laughs) i think he might be or must be the coolest guy ever and she laughed at that and uh i liked her character you know i might make lana jericho slightly older than than the main character. I still haven't gotten a name for for him. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a main character. I'd say he's the male character. And I want to see that dynamic between male and female, uh, very strong characters come together in, in like my f- the first novel I write. Because like for me, the th- the novel I've been thinking about for the past five years is Blink Twice and Shifting Shadows. Uh, sh- sure, I recorded Shifting Shadows, but I just gave it that name because it's just the name I had. But Shifting Shadows is going to be a very different story when I when I write it, um, like a full-on masterpiece, I hope, <laughs> at some point. But Blink Twice was the, my, my main focus, and for Blink Twice to share that story too, um, it's a story of two best friends, and one of them gets paralyzed, and obviously all he can do is blink twice if you want to communicate with him, and... I came up with a story when I was with an older friend of mine back in Jordan. We left the gym and I told him, like, dude, if I ever... I think one of the worst things for me, I usually hate anything permanent. I think anything permanent is usually something I want to avoid, you know? And, like, not even... Like, within a relationship, like a marriage, why I wouldn't be against that is because it's not permanent in the sense that it will never change a relationship is always dynamic it will always change and i want to find someone who will change with me but when you're paralyzed that's permanent and you're stuck and you can't do anything that might be one of the worst things that you can go through 
and that that's um, mind state I want to explore within a character that I that I feel is very strong and very 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 aware of the ideal of of what a man should be or what I think I can be actually. Um, and that's that's the character that's get that gets paralyzed. And his best friend, every week he visits and asks him if that if he wants it to end, if he wants uh, this like his life to end, just blink twice and I'll end it for you, because I love you enough to give you that, you know. But he never blinks twice. He never blinks twice. He has his best friend visit him, and he has his mind to think, and he's fine with that. Through the book, we go through his perspective on him growing up and his family and how he became the person he is, the type of person who could have really changed the world but ended up getting paralyzed. And now his friend is burning himself out trying to live towards the ideal that his best friend represented. And that's what I told my friend. I told him, like, if I'm ever in that situation, at least ask me, you know, I want to I wanna have the option at least of getting out of this. But by the end of the book, the friend who's visiting the paralyzed guy dies. And then the guy finds out, and then all he can do is blink twice. And no one understands. And that's the book. Now, sure, both these books have like a pretty intense and depressing end. I wouldn't say depressing, but it's just a, it's a strong ending, you know? I think that's important because that's life. But at the same time, throughout the books, you'll see moments of relief, of of happiness, of unity, of connection, of all of that. And then life happens, and that's all a part of that. And I think that's something that I want to make th- clear through my work, is, is that life is life. And I really hit that, that lesson hit home of how... However you think your narrative is going to go, narrative narrative is just something that you hold on to. And it can shift away in a second. It's just like how it happened when I had cancer. And I think it's something I haven't talked about since I started recording, uh, because, which is almost a year now, because I somewhat didn't want to identify with that. I'm not who I am because I got sick, but getting sick or becoming sick contributed to becoming who I am at this point, definitely. Like, I went through my own death and rebirth more than once, and I had to cope with that, you know, feeling weak for a long time, not knowing how to eat. Uh, My narrative shifted too often, and it's fine, you know, who cares? I got uh, lessons out of it, and as long as I can write these books, then, then then there's something meaningful that came out of my life. Otherwise, there isn't. So even even this idea that I had um, with Lana Jericho, the main character, getting uh, uh, her fallopian tubes removed, someone, one of Leith's friends in, in Prague told me that. She confided in me that quickly, and, and we talked about it, and... and it was beautiful, and, and I realized, like, I, I feel like a part of me right now is able to communicate with people on such a different level that I haven't been able to do earlier. And it's funny because, uh, like, about three weeks ago or so, I was on Goodreads. I don't know if you know Goodreads. Goodreads is a is a platform, a website to use to, to find books and, and see their reviews and all of that. It's really good. 
and I randomly clicked on a suggested book by accident and I saw the name of the book and, and the description and the description was about how an introvert, a complete, complete introvert with no friends decided, I think she's she says she's 32 or 33 in the book and she lives in London, she decides that for one year she's going to be the most extroverted that she can be and that gave me like I, then I was like you know what fuck it it's so out of my range of, of and spectrum of what I usually read I want to see what's up you know I want to get perspective I want to see something from a different angle understand introverts understand how people connect understand how people make friends all of that and she goes into that big time and how she transforms and and how she's still an introvert but she understands how important human connection is and one of the first things she starts with the book is this game where she stands in front of a stranger in a class and she tells the stranger an insecurity and all the stranger is allowed to say is okay they're not allowed to reply to the insecurity they're not allowed to say anything they're not allowed to anything really and then once they say okay it's their turn to share an insecurity to this person too and all you're allowed to say is okay and I thought that's fucking fascinating. And I started doing that with people that I'm meeting randomly. I did it with people in Amsterdam. I did it with people just in Amsterdam. Where we play this game. I say, I tell you an insecurity. You tell me yours. And, and we'll just keep going back and forth. And it just made me so much more comfortable with, with the person, definitely, that I'm talking to. And with myself of just identifying what really makes me insecure and and i'd say things like i find it hard to accept or understand why anyone can love me you know and that translated into my daily conversations too i realized that i'm just more prone to telling people what uh, something that that's bad that happened to me or an insecurity so when this girl told me about her fallopian tubes removed i told her more about my my cancer and then you connect somehow, you get through this deeper thing. Then I realize I'm not just doing it with insecurities, I'm doing it with how the experience, what the experience the person went through, you know, because everyone goes through a unique experience with everything that they go through. And then you explore that a little bit. If that's something that you're interested in, you'll you'll try to explore that. And then you'll open up to the person more and the person will open up to you more. So I found that to be amazing. And now to go back to the beginning of the stories, like when we went to Light's friend's place, Rashika, we her roommate's name was El, or is El. And I I think she's so fascinating. Like she's twenty six, a medicine student, and or a medical student. I think both work. And she's at the top of her class. She's she's brilliant, and she's she's like she wears these. Oh, by the way, I got new glasses. I really like them. I got new glasses from Jordan. I think they're pretty badass. They're they have like lenses that block blue light when you're sitting on a laptop or anything like that. It doesn't let uh, strong waves of light through, so you see completely normally. It's slightly tiny bit shade more orange. Everything that you see, but uh, they really suit me and I like them. <coughs> the glasses she wore. Oh, by the way, I think a thing about glasses is that I had another pair of glasses earlier, but I hated how the frame, I think when the frame that's holding the glasses together, like the the pieces, the glasses themselves, the lenses, is thick, 
and I wear the glasses and I, I you, you always see that thick part in, in within the, the frame that you're looking through. It pisses me off because it removes so much of my peripheral vision and that just bothers me that I'm seeing less of what's in front of me. I want to have clarity. I want to see. I want to observe. And the glasses I got, the frame that's holding the lenses is a lot thinner, so I'm really happy about that. And she had similar glasses that, that were just as thin, but more circular and covered more of her face, you know, like uh, Harry Potter, but a bit bigger and, and more modern. And we talked, and she's so, so charismatic, this girl, and so articulate, and so, like, I was chilling with just a lot of articulate people, and I loved so much of the conversations that we have, and I think a lot of the dialogue that I'll write in my books will be inspired by real-life conversations that I have, because it's just so quick, natural, and witty, and unexpected and fun, and I, I love the conversations I have with people and the people I have around me, and I want to share that too. So we're we're all chilling, and, and she... Out of nowhere, just starts. Just starts. Uh, she comes and sits down with a cup of tea in her hand, and she looks at everyone around her and she's like, "I would have asked to make you guys tea, but why would I?" And then she pointed at each and every one in the group, and she started giving them shit. So she's like, "You live here, so I don't need to make you tea. You practically live here, so why the fuck would I make you tea?" And then she looks at me and she's like, "Oh, you're new. Would you like a cup of tea?" <laughs> and I'm like, yes, please, I would love a cup of tea. And she gets up and makes me one. And I I go and we talk. And then she doesn't put sugar in my tea. And she's like, yeah, uh, here's your tea. I didn't put sugar because normal people don't drink their tea with sugar. And I'm like, I think the majority of people do drink their tea with sugar. And she's like, yeah, but to me, normal people are people that... And then I interrupt her. I say something like the people that get it or the people that you know that you're going to like. Uh, and then I, by saying that, I felt like I showed her, you know, we're on the same page, like I get you and, and I know that you get me. And then we had like a lovely conversation and then we sat down and, and we were smoking, so we needed a lighter to light up. And she, she's like, wait. She goes inside of her rooms and, uh, room and she comes back with this pouch, this rainbow-colored funky pouch that's just filled with, with, with lighters. And she starts pulling them out and they're clipper lighters and they're all so fancy and beautiful and I liked all of them. And I'm like, yo, can you give me one? And she's like, I can't because they're all gifts or they all have a story and I care for them. And I'm like, yeah, but what if I remember the story? You know, I had a bracelet once that I gave Johannes uh, that, I, that a guy in Italy gave me called Abdo. And it was a very standard basic bracelet, uh, very tiny beads that were brown and, and it was just very simple but fit Johannes so I gave it to him but I made him a deal I told him that I'll give it to you so long as you remember the story of the name of the person who gave it to me which is Abdo and if you forget it I'm gonna just fucking punch you in the stomach you know and he's like okay <laughs> so every like three four months I'd ask him what his this guy's name is and he'd tell me and, and he didn't forget it but then he lost the bracelet like a year and a half later. I don't blame him, but, you know, shit happens. But he still remembered the guy's name. So I told her that. And she's like, you know what, then I'll give you a, a lighter. And then, there, like, there went, like, we went on a 30-minute journey of her finding the right lighter for me. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't feel like me. This feels like me. This doesn't blah, blah, blah. Until she's like, you know what, I know which one I'm going to give you. She pulls out this lighter. 
that has a it's a purplish light purple lighter with a turtle on it and the shell of the turtle is is a face of of a I wouldn't say a monster or a devil but like something like that and it's all like it it feels like something someone on a Hawaiian island might tattoo on their their body and then like she actually told me like look at my my neck back of her neck and I look at the back of her neck and she has a tattoo of a turtle and she's like I love turtles and that's the animal she identifies with and that's the lighter she gave me someone that she's met for like an hour and a half and I loved that and I told her I won't forget this I'm like what's the story she's like no story just someone called L L is giving you this lighter I'm definitely gonna have her on this podcast at some point man no doubt um and yeah I have the lighter with me right now and I feel like it's going to be a part of me for a while at least I hope uh, because you know what a moment you know what a beautiful moment Leith was really jealous that she gave that to me because <laughs> she he said you know she'd never give anyone a lighter like that and then I felt you know good because it's I have I felt really lonely in Hamburg for the past you know few months and I've, I've talked about it and now I was in this entirely new atmosphere and place and around people that are genuinely different from the people that I've seen in a long time and, and I feel so close to them and connected and and to be able to see myself manage to attract these types of interactions and get a lighter like that from such a wonderful, special person like that, I felt was just nice. And I'm glad to be able to experience something like that. So when she talked about the tea and I told her that yeah, like I get it and, and I get what normal is to you and all of that, she's like, yeah, exactly, because if they wanted sugar in the tea, they would have put it in the tea bag. And I was like, wait, I want to I wanna save this. I want to write it down. And I was writing it down. And she's like, why are you writing it down? And I was like, yeah, because I want to share it with the world. I want to share this line that happened in this moment with, with, with anyone willing to read what I write. And she's like, oh, you're a writer. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And that's something I want Lana Jericho to say at some point, you know. So that's that's why that's that's how I feel like I had this idea in the plane and once I landed all of these things happened that just okay maybe I'm trying to find meaning where it isn't there but isn't that my job you know to find meaning and and combine it in a way that creates even more significance and meaning to the people that that are willing to absorb it and maybe that infects them and and adds something into their lives that otherwise they wouldn't otherwise have I think that is my job you know in one way or another and because of that I don't want to lose the moment there's so many ideas or thoughts that keep passing me by and what thoughts am I going to hold on to and what thoughts are going to pass by the thoughts there's thoughts that I think are so important that stay with me or thoughts that I think are important but still drift away but then come back to me when when I need them you know who decides that in our heads you know who decides sometimes when I'm writing I feel like I when I'm proofreading something like let's say I, I wrote a page and then I didn't see it for a day and then I saw it the next day and then I read it again from the top halfway through the page I'm like wait but this should come afterwards and I'd write like a paragraph and then I'd finish the paragraph and then there's still two paragraphs after after half the page that I, I didn't get to reading and then I'd read them then I'd notice that they say exactly what the paragraph I just wrote said but it's just phrased differently and it's funny how my brain saw that you know these two pieces of information are so relevant to each other for them to to be 
be next to each other like that or be linked to like that or attached like that and I I think that's a beautiful thing I'm I'm holding my mouse right now and I feel like a part of it is, is breaking off because of being in the bag for so long but it still works so yeah so yeah sharing insecurities afraid of losing the memory I went to Prague and Jordan and, and Netherlands Netherlands was beautiful so nice seeing so many different people everywhere I got myself my sister more or less got me I want to talk about the last few days I had in Amman after recording the last episode that I uploaded in Amman because um, it was just beautiful maybe I want to talk a bit more about what happened in Amman in general how I felt because I felt like I didn't have a lot of energy there like I was off I didn't want to do anything I, I was running on my parents schedule or whenever I think about you know I went up thinking to myself you I want to sit down and start looking for jobs and I went upstairs and then my mom was like Khalid go through the closet so that anything any clothes that you don't want you throw away I was like, yeah, mom. And then, like, just having to decide between so many clothes um, took so much energy from me that I didn't uh, end up applying to any jobs. And I'm so used. I'm so used to here running on my own system on my own time and having being in a place where I wasn't able to do that was, uh, you know, it's nice because I get to see my parents. But and like my mom cooked for me and and cleaned and everything. But. Uh, uh, I think like a part of me just knows that once I'm there, I my body just stops spending so much energy. It just becomes really tired and, and stops. But why? I, I don't get it. There's, uh, there's not something I can explain. Otherwise, you know, Prague, seeing Leith was awesome. I think I'll be going there more often because I want to see Elle again. I want to play, we talked about playing board games together at some point and like she invited me to come back and Rashika invited me to come back and Daniel invited me to come see him wherever he'd be in the world and it's just so nice seeing that you can connect with people, man. I forgot that somehow. And um, Leith is going to be studying in Prague for the next five years so I always have access to this medical crowd of cool people that he's friends with and I'm welcome whenever. Um, if I'm going to put Leith on the podcast, it's going to be without him knowing. Uh, he won't know how to talk if he knows he's recorded. And I just want his his wittiness to just shine uh, as it's meant to be, to be honest. Otherwise, um, yeah, just uh, putting things together, <laughs> cleaning up my laptop, cleaning up my phone. I'm going to do that right now, to be honest. Um, uh, I started dabbling in mushroom supplements. Um, there are certain types of mushrooms, like um, like the reishi mushroom or the lion mane or the cordyceps mushrooms, that you can take as supplements. And then they're they're known in ancient China that that they they benefit you in so many ways. And I'll talk about it later, probably just to see how they affect me. But it's just that I started taking cordyceps supplements today. Cordyceps is, is, the, is the mushroom or fungi that takes control of insects. It's a parasite that takes control of insects, their bodies and their minds, and kills them and starts growing out from them. And that you take as a supplement. Like I, When I found out, I was like, fuck, I put that in my body. <laughs> and it's also the, the concept of a game called The Last of Us. And... 
zombies are basically fungal monsters that these fungi took took over these parasites so that's interesting so yeah um my brother came to hamburg yesterday for three hours we had a nice lunch together he told me about how he went to burning man and i like how i'm connecting with my brother very differently than how i used to connect with him earlier in my life i feel like we're both more capable of enjoying each other's company a lot more and i'm glad we had that um I used to always feel like I had to be something cert- s- certain something around him, but I, I don't feel that at all anymore. And I feel like he's matured and grown so much, and, you know, maybe I have too. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, yeah. I think that's it for me today. I, I'm going to upload this with Jan's episode, uh, the one I recorded without him knowing, but I told him and he gave me the green light and we'll see then i'll see when i want to upload yezen's uh yezen's episode right after we got out of the van gogh museum so yeah one last thing before i go for the past while it just felt like i'm trying to keep too much information in my head at one point like when i'm recording a podcast episode i'm constantly thinking about what i said earlier do i want to repeat it do i want to say it again because in jordan i talked about how i talked to my mom and that how that was very meaningful for me i don't regret missing out on the graduation at all honestly um but yeah i feel like i'm just holding on to a lot of information in my head at one point and that's stopping me from actually just sitting down focusing on one thing and um, I feel like I'm getting out of that type of mental train right now and I just need to start applying little by little and and see how that goes and stop creating these types of problems for myself but I just want to get into a good routine and system and see how that can work out right so as always I love you guys let's see where this goes I shared two ideas of stories I'm writing and I want to write and I'm excited to get these out of me and I'm excited to share them with you and I'm excited to hear what you think about them I really, really love that idea all I hope is that I can trust my head to think about what it needs to think about when it needs to think about it and hold on to the moments that matter I think I can do that